Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the hilarious, witty Vanessa Jackson. Welcome, Vanessa. Hello. Thank you. You both have such fun podcast voices. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. We're so pumped to be here. Heck yeah. Um, Yeah, so we just wanted to start out with a little bit of an introduction to you. Um, So could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from? How did you get started in comedy? Anything else you'd like to include about your background? Yeah. Okay. So Vanessa Jackson, I'm originally from Rancho Cucamonga, California, but I say LA because especially when I'm on stage, because it's just so much easier than saying Rancho Cucamonga, which really stops the conversation. (laughs) People are like, I'm sorry, I need you to explain that. Um, It is a real place. It's in Southern California, which is very fun. It's like an hour outside of LA. And I did live in LA for like three years. So I'm like, sure, we'll go with it. It's just much easier. Um, My journey in comedy was probably the strangest. I wish I was one of those people who was like, ever since I was three, I just recited Richard Pryor. And I was like, this is, (laughs) this is my journey in life. Um, But I actually, after college, I wanted to be like an entertainment journalist and like on camera, like Ryan Seacrest, Juliana Rancic stuff. And so I took uh, hosting classes, hosting like, um, you know, like reality show hosting or like that kind of a thing. And in the class, which was kind of very serious, someone was like, oh, you're really funny. Um, you should think about taking like stuff at UCB. Uh, and so I like looked into Upright Citizens Brigade and then also looked into stand up and was decided that I loved stand up the most. I took like sketch and um, other classes like that. But yeah, that's how I began in my comedy journey in LA. Don't judge me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I'm always fascinated by people who want, are like, I want to be doing hosting. Like, is that something that you're like, no, I think it's the stand-up direction. But like, do you think ultimately would you want to end up hosting again? Like, is that still in the cards? Wow. Sorry. I know we just jumped from like, who are you to like ultimate dream, but (laughs) I love that. Yeah. No, ultimately I would love to like host a late night show or something uh, like a talk show something along those lines. But I actually, when I first kind of got into stand-up, that was like the whole goal. And then along the way, I actually discovered that I really like stand-up itself just for like doing it. And so now I kind of want to like tour. I'd love to like open for someone, go on the road, um, eventually have a special and yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I would love to also do like hosting and stuff eventually. But now I think I just realized, and I always feel bad saying this. I realized when I was doing that, like I have too much of a personality to be like, like when you're on the red carpet or something like Juliana Rancic, Ryan Seacrest, bless their souls, very talented people, love them both. Um, don't know them, uh, <laughs> but I'm sure they're great. And um, you, you have to be more charming than like funny. And I'm not like, hello, <laughs> George Clooney. I'm very <laughs> not that. Uh, so yeah, something like uh Chelsea Lately that show uh that's the only show I can think of that I really liked a lot um that I feel like is kind of my vibe got it yeah very cool indeed (laughs) and then how did you go from like being like oh I'm gonna take comedy classes in LA to being like oh I'm gonna be a comedian in New York like how I don't know like when did that become like I'm gonna fully pursue stand-up and move 
Yeah. Oh, that's a big leap. I totally, it's so funny when you recite your life, how you like forget major chunks of it. <laughs> like, I only explained my life up to being in LA and you guys are like, cool. So how are you now on the different side of the country? Great, 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 great. Just skipped over that part. Thank you. Um, I, so I was doing like comedy stuff in um, LA and then applied for this thing called an apprenticeship at the late show with Stephen Colbert and got it. And so moved out here to do that apprenticeship. And I was kind of dabbling in stand-up, honestly, when I was in LA, like I did it, but didn't really like do it. And I moved to New York for that and um, just got really, I was really intimidated at first by the New York comedy scene because it's like all the greats started in New York, you know? So I was like, do I dare do this? Um, but once I like got out of that fear and went to a couple open mics and was like, oh yeah, we're all terrible. Great. Um, <laughs> then it got much better uh, to like do comedy. But yeah, for a while it was uh, a little bit scary, but yeah, that's how I started. And I moved to New York. I was here for like a little over a year before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened. So I, I think I've been here now for like two and a half, almost three years. Crazy. Yeah. My three-year New York anniversary is happening in November. New York anniversary. I'm the only person who uses that word. I <laughs> would say that's fine. I've word. never heard anyone do that, but we'll go with it. Did. Yeah. Let's make it a thing. Yeah. Next, yeah. our next guest will be like, when is your New York anniversary? They'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. be like, please stop. Yeah. Be like trademark Vanessa Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so happy almost New York anniversary. Thank you. Um, big three. Yeah. <laughs> and we've kind of already talked um, about how you got to New York, how you started being like, hey, perchance comedy is for me. What do you, what was your comedy life specifically like in the world pre-pandemic? Yeah, okay, so man, that feels so long ago, doesn't it? It's like, what was it like? I, like I said, I had been here for like a little over a year. So I really had almost just started like carving out space for myself, even if I can even say that. Like I had just started kind of getting like booked on shows and um, getting to know people and getting comfortable on stage. And then the pandemic happened. I was like, okay, so I guess that's over forever. Cool. Um, But yeah, I was doing mics every single night, um, trying to get on shows as much as I possibly could, uh, writing all the time. I was on a a sketch team at the pit uh, theater out here, um, but I didn't, I don't love sketch teams that much. Um, so yeah, I was just mostly like doing stand up and trying to make a name for myself or whatever that is. <laughs> so, so when the pandemic hit, did you kind of like lose your momentum in comedy or were you like, I'm going to dive right into zoom or how, how did you handle it? Yeah. See, it's so funny now because I thought, I thought for sure, like, um, oh, I'm going to lose. Well, it's so weird. Cause when it first started, you were like, how long is this going to be? Are people going to want to crowd into like small spaces again and just like laugh with each other, which now we know, yes, they will. Um, But yeah, it was such a weird thing to like think about. Um, I didn't hop right into Zoom. I have a weird relationship with Zoom. I did a couple like Zoom open mics. Did either of you guys do any of those? Mm -hmm. Bless your souls. Uh, They were the open mic specifically, I just felt like I would try a joke on 
a zoom open mic and then eventually when comedy opened up a little bit more and we were doing like park mics and then I would do it in real life and it would bomb very hard um and so I was like something about how I write or the rhythm of this is not working for um zoom zoom specifically so I did zoom shows and I kind of tried to make it a lot more like I was doing um like virtual backgrounds and stuff and kind of doing a little bit more of like an interactive thing on zoom just to like uh, shake it up because I'm very awkward just like reciting uh, my material to like sometimes it, people are on mute or they're like it just is like a weird feeling um, so I tried to do it a little bit more interactive that way um, I didn't write so much stand-up during the time just because to me stand-up feels like such an immediate thing that I like when I write a joke I like need a direct response from people to like know if it works or it didn't work and it's just zoom uh yeah I like I said I couldn't do the mics or anything try new material because it just didn't work for me um so yeah I was just like trying to do whatever I could to keep up like the writing chops um in that way but yeah I didn't write too much stand-up got it no that and that totally makes sense because they are such everyone we've talked to has kind of had a different experience with zoom ranging from like I didn't even look at it to like it was great um but it is in its way, like it's a very different medium. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's gonna well, like, sorry, you go, please. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, do you think it's gonna like stick around now that things are opening back up? I, uh, I don't know, honestly. I've been thinking about that too. I really haven't done any Zoom shows and I, uh, I would if someone like asked me and like really wanted to or was good. I I wouldn't pass it up. I'm always like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Whatever. I'm not like against Zoom or anything, but I wouldn't like go out to seek a Zoom short or I'll see like people like posting like, oh, this Zoom mic or whatever. So I don't know. I I don't know. Do people actually enjoy Zoom comedy though? that's my question <laughs> and it's like not even any shade I know a lot of friends who like ran really great zoom shows I I kind of refer to this period as like Stockholm syndrome where because it was like the only thing you were like this is great but I don't did I didn't actually there was very rare zoom shows that I would say I enjoyed it was more like a thing I was usually forced to but I don't know I guess that's my question do people do you guys know do people enjoy zoom shows Carly's a big zoom show participator I am I but it's like live participant. Over, participant like live over <laughs> zoom any day of the week but it is like I do like I have a special place in my heart for zoom shows I'm not sure because I have seen somewhere I'm like oh this this is nice it's just like I enjoy doing them and I've enjoyed some that I've seen. They're just so different. It's hard to, I don't yeah, think uh, favorite. You, what do you say? I said, I don't think they're anyone's favorite is what it comes down to in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, I enjoy, I watch like a lot of like Zoom panels or like entertainment people did like panels and stuff, which is a completely different thing. Or like, this is different, but like stand up on Zoom, there wasn't, unless I was on a show, even when I was on a show, like having to watch the other comics, even other comics that I liked always felt like this is, <laughs> this feels like a lot kind of a vibe. So I don't know. That's a, that's a thing I'm trying to figure out, dude. Cause you're right. It's nobody's favorite, but like 
do people actually like, would you pay a ticket to watch a Zoom show? unless you were forced to stay at home for a year. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like it was a, yeah, it was a good thing to do. Cause I'm with you. I'm like, again, I know so many people who ran great zoom shows, but I'm like outside of the world of COVID. If someone was like, Hey, I'm doing a 15 minute stand up on zoom. I'd probably be like, okay, well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's also, um, Oh, I don't like, being on zoom shows as much like even anywhere near as much as being on regular shows because I feel like what's so great about being on like a norm like a a live show is like Uh I like meeting people and you can feel the energy and then after you're kind of like energized from the crowd and like having to like really be on and like like I don't know then you leave like I feel like I leave zoom shows and I'm like okay log off all right like (laughs) yeah it's not as much I don't know like you don't get the same energy from no I I agree I think I guess my thought process has always been like it's something but it's not stand-up if that makes any sense and you can do your stand-up on zoom but that's not what it is (laughs) because I feel like once you take the yeah the energy of the crowd and I've even heard that with like taped specials too like it's way better to be in the room and like watch someone perform it live than like when you move it to like Netflix or something, obviously it's great, but you kind of miss a little bit of that, the energy and stuff that's in the room. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if Zoom sticks around. Who knows? I will make no predictions. (laughs) I will say it's good if you're, if you're like not in the city and you're like, "Mm, but I should probably stay active in, in Zoom. Like sometimes I'll go back to my parents' house for a little bit and they're in Connecticut. It's like not very far but I'm here now. I like, you know, I'm here all the time, but like, um, I'll stay for like a week instead of my usual, like two days. And then it's like, oh, I should probably hop on like a zoom mic and get the reps in. But yeah, I hands down would rather, I think you get a better read of what you're doing from. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 And you also know people you know, like, I feel like if you, like, are actually out there meeting people in person, then, like, maybe someone will be like, oh, I liked your thing, and you become friends, and they put you on their show. It's just, like, it's such a different trajectory, I guess. Yes, I did find that to be rather helpful on Zoom, is I did meet a ton of people who I didn't know, like, before the pandemic, and a lot of those people have now, like, reached out to, like, put me on their, like, real-life shows, too, Mm-hmm. So that was kind of helpful, but yeah, it is a very weird, like out of sight, out of mind thing. Or I've met people on zoom shows and then ran into them in person and they're like, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, huh. oh, okay, cool. Great. <laughs> no, meeting people in real life after meeting them on zoom is kind of like meeting someone you met in a dream. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? It's, it's just so weird. It's like, I know you (laughs) yeah there was I got kind of involved in like Twitter a lot in early pandemic days and there was a girl who we were like mutuals on Twitter and I saw her for the first time live at an open mic and I was like hey girl what's up she literally had no recognition of who I was she looked at me like I was an alien she was like hi how do we know and I was like okay now I feel like a stalker great 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 great." (laughs) yeah so real that's yeah 
<clears throat> yeah I also I feel that this is not related to comedy but I feel that way at work like I I've been working remote I've never met anybody from my current job in person oh. right? then we had a happy hour and I felt like I just show up and be like hi I'm Catherine um but like uh-huh. we've been on calls together like every day <laughs> oh yeah you're like great you're like, do, you, do you remember me from the google meet yeah <laughs> you're like cool 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 that's yeah. so funny yeah they were all like, yeah, of course we know you. Um, <laughs> but, you know, different than Zoom comedy. But yeah. That, yeah, that's, no, that's so of. funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole world of like people who like, my job too was on completely on Zoom. I never met anyone. So it's like so weird because it's like you do know these people, but like you don't really outside yeah. of the internet. It's strange. Yeah. It is strange. I don't know. It's kind of, it's, it's a weird, a weird transition time now. Um, so now that we are in the transition time though, how has your life in comedy changed? What have you Yeah, The pandemic turned out to be a very weird, uh, thing that just like, uh, turned out I always people died so I never want to say turned out well for me (laughs) um but but strangely I was able to get so much traction throughout uh just like this last year which is crazy um I'm a big believer in God and so I just feel like it's been insane to see how the things have like moved in my life over this last year because at the end or beginning of the pandemic I would have thought like this is it nobody's gonna go see comedy ever again um (laughs) we're done it's a wrap literally I think for like the first month I was like it's a wrap on comedy um and I was booked in March of 2020 I was booked on like the most show I'd ever been booked on I had uh, gotten a residency at Broadway Comedy Club and the world shut down like three days before my first date um, which was <laughs> so great so so fun and so it felt like one of those things where I was like okay well I had the most traction and it was funny because I was going back I have like a physical calendar that I keep where I like put stickers on like every day that I've done stand-up and like write all my shows out I just like to keep like a physical list and I was going back to see uh for like March of 2020 because I was like I was booked on the most shows I was ever booked on like I was like I want to see if I can top myself now that things have reopened and I was only booked on five shows (laughs) like for the (laughs) whole month which is great and at the time was insane and awesome and I look back at like this and I've done like five shows in like the last two or week or so you know and so it's kind of like crazy and cool to see that I got like my first writing job over the pandemic um which was good because I was able to focus so much on like writing packets and like submitting for shows and um I like developed that skill and so now that things are open um I've been on a ton of shows which I'm super grateful for which has been really really cool um just like get to a place where people like think of you and they're like oh hey would you do this show and you're like yeah, I would. I, I still like, whenever I see someone in my DMs, like when you guys asked me to do this podcast, it's like, bless your soul. Thank you so much. That is so kind of you. I'm always like, I just always assume I'm like, nobody's ever thinking about me. So when people are like, Hey, would you do this? I'm like, I would do that. Thank you. Um, so yeah, it's going, it's going okay so far. Um, I cannot complain. That's great. No, it's, it's so lovely. Like you've really done so much and you've been trucking along. So yay you. Um, (laughs) You said you got your uh, first real writing job during the 
this time or maybe you just said a little before it and I'm twisting uh -huh. what you said but can you talk a little bit about that like what that was the process of writing these packets for our audience who might not know what packets are ah uh, yes because most people don't I remember I now my parents know my dad calls it packages because he <laughs> never he's so funny um but the packets. And uh, I always say things like that to people. And they're like, we literally have no idea what you're talking about, Vanessa. Nobody talks like that outside of what you do. Um, and I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that makes sense. Um, so basically what a packet is, and I can only speak to like late night variety shows because I don't really write narrative because it's hard. Um, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So a packet is like a show will ask you to submit uh, what they call a packet of like jokes or sketches or all of the above, or despots, things like that. Um, and so I was a writer for season two of A Little Late with Lily Singh on NBC, which was really awesome. Um, it was a very tiny writer's room. I think there was like eight of us in total. And uh, basically, this was just something that a friend of mine who also does stand up, she just emailed me, she had gotten sent this, and she was like, oh, you should submit for this. Um, and so I did. And I think I had to write like a page of despots which is the things that people do that would be like thank you notes on jimmy fallon or uh jokes seth can't tell like anything where the host is like at the desk just like telling jokes and then i think it was two sketches and then like two uh like monologue style things we called them rants at our show um yeah and then heard back like a month later uh, interviewed a day later and then was offered the job by Monday and started like the following week, which was insane. Um, which is very, also very nerve wracking to like get an email to interview. This is the first time I ever got like a packet that actually got a response. I've submitted mm -hmm. so many packets, which I always like to tell people because everyone thinks that it's like, it was one and done and they saw how great I was. I think I submitted, oh, a lot. I'm trying to think, I don't, should I name all my rejections? Let's see. I <laughs> submitted, I submitted to Kimmel, to Corden, to the Amber Ruffin show, twice to Colbert. And these are all rejections. So this isn't a humble brag. This is so people know it's a lot of packets, um, like three different pilots. Uh, are there other late night shows? I think the only show I haven't been rejected from is Fallon and Myers. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, but yeah, but it, I do say that because it is like a numbers game, you know, it's not like a, and every show has like a different voice. You're writing for people who aren't you, who, you know, are completely different styles than you. Um, and it's always a good skill. I always tell people if you're sent a packet for like a show, even if you don't want to you're not necessarily interested in that show or like interested in that host. I always say submit it because it's always a good skill for later, you know? Totally. It's always my word of advice. No. And that's so great to hear about like truly all the rejections then culminating into like a success. Cause you really, you just need one person to be like, sure. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. You need um, one just, to just you like, like it. Yeah, no, exactly. And you're talking a lot about like submitting to all these places, just for mm -hmm. people who like are listening may not know. How did you, I think a big question people ask a lot is like, oh, but like, how did you hear about these packets? Were you submitting blindly? Were you like, oh, this person told, was it word of mouth? Like what was your journey to find the moments? 
Yeah, I always feel so bad and so weird because especially when I got this writing job, so many people were reaching out and they were like, how do you hear about these things? I know one friend was like, is it on LinkedIn? And I was like, it is not. Um, <laughs> it is so, it's like one of those weird things that I hate to say, like you got to know to know kind of a thing, but it's one of those weird things. Like once you start getting involved in comedy and things, at least in my experience, packets get passed back and forth between people uh, as like people start going up the ranks. They also start getting hired on jobs and and they'll like tell their bosses about like you. And so then you'll get to submit that way. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of just like really nice people just like send me things, which I'm always so thankful for, <laughs> like really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, just really kind of word of mouth, essentially. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, that's always a point because it's such a weird thing where <laughs> I think everyone in any arts profession has had that moment where like they're talking to their parents and their parents are like why don't you get on tv it's like yeah I would love thank you so much like oh I'll do I hadn't thought of that before (laughs) yes yes it's so funny Uh uh-huh every even um the show a little late we didn't get picked up for season three and people are like okay so where are you writing next I'm like I don't know (laughs) great question (laughs) or they're like this show just got picked up I'm like good for that show (laughs) hopefully hopefully I can submit I don't know it's so funny it's such a weird process yeah yeah definitely And then do you, um, can you reuse anything that you've written on like a new packet or are you? It just kind of depends. I know like SNL, when they do open submissions every year, it's very general. Like they're like, we want one topical sketch, one, uh, I forget one, oh, like commercial parody and then three of whatever. So like, if you have a bunch of sketches that you've written, you can just like compile those. A lot of other shows, it's very specific to that show. Like I know I submitted for last week tonight with John Oliver and they'll like send you a um, news story that that they want you to write like a monologue about. Um, So you have to write specifically about that news story and it's usually something topical that happened. Um, Other shows, if it's like a political show, a lot of times they'll ask you to write about things that happened in the news like that day. Um, So you can't really refresh that material. Um, most shows you have to write a completely new packet because it's just specific to that show, you know, like Mm -hmm. if a game show wants you to write for jokes for them or something, they'll usually like send you like, okay, write about this like clip that we send you. So usually it's very specific. I don't think there hasn't been anything that I'm trying to think that I haven't had to write completely new stuff for, for the most part. Which is good because it always sharpens that skill too. I find myself sometimes I'm happy when I get sent things. So I'm like, great, now I can write a whole new sketch that I can save for my repertoire later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's usually like all fresh stuff. Awesome. And then we we've been talking a little bit about how writing is hard, and um, <laughs> <laughs> the world of writing is hard, and uh, <clears throat> comedy is kind of hard to figure out um so on that note what do you what do you personally struggle with most with comedy because you know to an onlooker like we're like oh my god Vanessa's doing so many shows she was a writer on a show like looks like everything's fantastic but what what's something that you really struggle with oh man that's a great question 
right now I'm struggling with writing, which is so weird. I feel like I'm in this like writer's block period where I like cannot think of anything. And I'm like, maybe I've done it all. Maybe I, (laughs) maybe I've written my last great joke and that is it. Um, So yeah, I think that's for me, sometimes the hardest is like, you have to keep, it's one of those things that I always try to remind myself, like, don't take your foot off the gas in a sense of like, never get too comfortable being like, I'm doing these shows and like, I got a writing job, whatever. I don't have to work at this anymore. I'm like, I always want to keep getting better. And I always want to keep improving, um, which is good, but also bad because then it's like, I put so much pressure on myself to like, okay, if this joke doesn't get like a huge laugh, then it's not the joke that I (laughs) like, I scratch everything else. Like, and so sometimes I struggle with like writing good material because if it doesn't get great reception right off the bat, I'm like, well, then that's done. (laughs) And um, I have to remind myself like, it's okay to just keep writing stuff. And like, maybe this one's not going to kill, but it's a good joke um, and you can put it in your set. And yeah, so I, that is something I've been struggling with lately is like, will I ever write a good joke again? I don't know, but uh, stay tuned. Yeah, literally, Vanessa, right before you came on, Carly and I were like having this exact same conversation of us both being like, I I have not written a single thing I like in the last month. I don't know what's going on. Everything does not do well. (laughs) Thank you. Same here. I don't know what it is right now, but I'm like, everything I'm writing, I'm like, this is not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally have nothing right now that I'm like, this is good. And I want to put it on a show. Yeah. Not a single thing. Same. It's an up yeah. and down process. I think yeah. there's something in the air right now. Like, I mean, in general, like one, that advice is amazing advice. Like pedal to the metal, like not everything's going to be good. But like on a side <laughs> note, I feel like everyone I talk to is like, I'm alarmingly uninspired right now. And I'm like, same. <laughs> yeah okay that's good to know because yeah I'm like I don't know what it is I cannot think of anything and I'm like maybe I just am not living enough I don't know yeah. I don't know what's happening it's so weird or I think of things I'm like this is gonna kill this is so funny and then I'm like I like say it and then I'm like oh wait I'm just like reciting what happened in my day <laughs> yes <laughs> no oh, not form nothing mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when you're like, this is going to be the best thing I have found every time I think something is going to murder, it's the joke that bombs the hardest. <laughs> oh my like, God. It's so true. Absolutely. Yeah. And then every time I just say something random, I'm like, how, how did that make everyone laugh so hard? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like this is some random statement that I didn't even write down. Yeah. Uh, or like Vanessa, remember I was on your mic on Wednesday and yeah. every, I don't know how many of you remember what I said, but I threw in a joke at the end about, about small talk and that I wrote literally walking there, like not, not thought out at all. I was like, yeah. this would be a funny joke. And that was the only joke anyone laughed at in the entire thing. Like, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Got it. Like, okay, great. Just, I don't even, I don't even know what to do with this, but yeah. Sometimes it's a matter of like the less hard you think about it, the better it does. It's so weird. I find yeah. that a lot with my writing is like, the more I'm like sitting there and like scribbling stuff, the less it works. And the more I'm like, oh, this is a random riff. And people are like, fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. Literally. Oh, that's so, so funny. 
so relatable. (laughs) (laughs) There's just such this energy of like moving forward. You just, it's just, it's a random time. Yeah. Um, And on like the kind of moving forward, the looking forward, plowing through the newer material note, Mm -hmm. is there any advice that you've gotten from someone that you're like, wow, this is great. This is something I live by or advice that you would like to give uh, if you don't have an answer to part one or if you have an answer to both, live your dream. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I think advice that I've gotten from watching other people and things is uh, when I first started doing comedy, especially in LA, I was very discouraged by like, I would talk to people and it would be people who are like, yeah, I've been doing this for 17 years and I'm still at open mics. And I was like, I can't, (laughs) I was like, I don't, I don't want to be doing open mics for 17 years. Um, And just like stressing about like, how do I get to like the next level or how uh, can I get to, you know, the next place. And I think advice that I realized and that I've heard other people say is like, uh, my thing is like, follow your own gut. And also like, don't necessarily always take advice from people who don't have what you want, if that makes any sense. And like looking at people who you really respect and really admire and like asking them like, oh, how did you get past at clubs? Or like, how did you, uh, what was your process kind of a thing? Cause I would like ask people who are like, seem very nice, but um, are just people who I feel like are like making the wrong moves. And then I would make the wrong moves because I would be like, oh, well, this person said it. And it's like, yeah, that person is very bitter and uh, <laughs> doesn't doesn't enjoy this anymore. So maybe don't ask them uh, for advice on things. Um, but yeah, I would say mostly is like trusting your gut. And like that goes along with it to me because a lot of people will tell you things that you're like, I don't know, that doesn't feel um, like great for me. Like when I was doing my apprenticeship at the Colbert show, which was really awesome. Um, there was a time at the end of the program where I could either stay there and be a segment producer uh, or not segment producer. Sorry. Um, what was it? A footage producer, uh, which is the person who pulls like all the news footage. And I could either have done that or left the show. And I didn't have a job lined up at the current time, but I realized that like taking that footage producer job, it was a lot of hours and I wouldn't have been able to do stand up. Um, and there was a lot of like very great, very well-meaning people who were like, just take the footage producer job. You're in a show. It's a late night show kind of a thing. And I was just like, I just don't feel like I moved all the way to New York to pursue comedy. And it just felt like the wrong move for me and so I ended up having to like turn it down and there wasn't another job there for me um and I ended up getting like a different writing job writing for a website which is great but at the time I was like I just left like the number one show in late night um and like to do something outside of comedy but it was the best thing that I ever did because it ended up giving me so much more time to focus on my stand-up which helped me become a better writer which helped me become a better comedian which eventually got me my first writing job rather than staying at a place because it was safe and would have made me money but wouldn't have been what I wanted to do and so that's the thing I always say is like trust your gut because even if it doesn't work out which it usually does at least you only you can say that you went with what you thought was good rather than like, if it doesn't work out and being like, well, this person made me do this, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's my advice. Long winded, but. Holy, wow. That spoke to my soul. That was beautiful. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, that really like, wow. No, that's great. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. 
Um, yeah, well, we, we are approaching the, the, uh, time mark on our, for our podcast, but before we sign off, is there anything you would like to promote? Where, where can our podcast listeners, um, find you, follow you, stalk you going forward? Fabulous. I am the worst at promoting. Um, let's see. You can find me on Instagram. That's where I post most of my shows or Twitter. I have the same handle, which I need to change. But right now it's Nestle spelled N-N-E-S-S-L-E-I-G-H. I'm working on figuring out a new name. If anyone has any pitches, send me the DMs because <laughs> I have no idea. Cool. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. This was great. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Laughing Your Mask Off. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a good review. To keep up with our hosts, follow Catherine at Catherine.Cowan and Carly at Carly Palestina on Instagram. See you next week.